Hi, you're listening to After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. What that means is we get short stories, we select those short stories, and then we discuss them specifically about the ethics and the morality of the choices the characters and the situations put us in. Uh, why did you do this? What makes you do this? What makes us good people? What's the nature of truth, goodness, all of that sort of stuff? Uh, and hopefully we're all better, smarter people for it and, uh, and learn a little bit about why we think the way we think. So thank you for listening. Okay, so after a very long break, like a six-month break, welcome back to After Dinner Conversation, uh, short stories for long discussions. This is our discussion podcast. I have to mention that now because we have an audiobook podcast that comes out every week. This one was coming out every two weeks. Now it's apparently coming out whenever we feel like it uh, after like (laughs) 50 or 60 episodes. Uh, I am your co-host Colby here with Sarah. Hello. And Jeremy. Hi. And if you haven't uh, listened in a while, basically we take short stories that have been published in our monthly magazine and we discuss the discussion questions at the end of them about why people do what they do and all that uh, and the values and the morals and the ethics of it. Please like and subscribe. Please suggest to your friends. uh, And of course, subscribe to the magazine, which now also has a print magazine after three years. Uh, so you can get it delivered to your house in like, I don't know, like 20 countries. All right. Uh, did I forget anything? Like, this is the first time I've done this in like six months. I think after dinner conversations.com. Oh yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. You always have to mention the website. Okay. So our story is, uh, from December, 2020. Um, and the story is called for your safety by Ty Lazar. Uh, it's not a complicated story, and this is actually kind of my favorite kind of story we publish, where it's like, I have a clever concept. Let me, like, explain the concept as quickly as possible. Um, we get a lot of stories that are like, let me tell you the color of the curtains in the room, and I'm just like, ah, I don't need to know the color of the curtains in the room. Uh, this one is not like that. So, uh, long story short, if you haven't read it, please go read it. Uh, you can get it on Amazon or on our website. Uh, but the long and the short is, of it is is a woman, I guess her name is Zoe, uh, gets a knock on the door um, because the, I don't know, they're not the morality police. They have some other name. Uh, it's the public health. Public health officials come by because they have determined that uh, last night her spike in serotonin and dopamine and the corresponding spikes in a person in a similar vicinity to her uh, indicate that she has had intercourse and that when they check the roster, she has not, uh, yeah, they're public health officials, that she has not previously filed the necessary paperwork to have a lover. The uh, IPA, which is, what does it stand for? Like the intimacy partner or something. Agreement. Agreement, yeah. yeah. Agreement. Right. Which is just, uh, on its face, is not a terrible idea, actually. It's uh, it's the idea that basically you carry around an app or something that hooks up like a bio scanner thing on your phone or whatever. Somehow they measure you. Um, and you fill out this paperwork to get your sexual partner approved. And the thing they're looking for is to make sure that this person has been tested for various sexually transmitted diseases 
and that they don't have them and that you don't have them. And so, you know, hook up with whoever you want with, but just file the IPA paperwork, you know, a few minutes beforehand or a few hours beforehand, they don't really say, so that we can just be sure that you're not spreading STDs in the process. Uh, she apparently had like a Bumble hookup that they didn't even, she doesn't even know his name, I don't think. Uh, and they didn't file the necessary paperwork. She did take precautions, though, uh, in that she had a, like, a signal scrambler. So a she VPN. Could, yeah, right. yeah, basically a VPN. <laughs> so that, uh, so that the government wouldn't be able to, like, it would get, like, bad readings off of her biometrics. But apparently it didn't work. Um, so when the, when the health police come by, they're like, yeah, no, we're on to you. Uh, but they don't know who the guy is because the guy was wearing a uh, a, a working scrambler. A working or scrambler, like yeah. So it like it, it was like a uh, it it spoofed his ID information. So they knew he was there, but they didn't know who he was. Um, and so she gets a fine for her first offense, uh, and I forget what her no, she gets a warning for her first offense. She would have gotten a fine if it had been her second offense. No, no, no. Uh, it's a fine for the first offense. Oh, was it? What was the second offense? Because the third um, one was you lose uh, social credibility uh, points. The second offense was medication. Empathy. Oh, that's right. Oh, right. Oxytocin, empathy, medication. That's right. The second offense, you were required to take medication to make you more pro-social uh, and collective mm-hmm. goodness. And then right. the third time, you lose social credibility points. With the government, which can cause you to lose your job and make it hard to get a, I assume, like a, right. a home loan or whatever else. Um, and then at the end of the story, after they leave, she goes into the room and finds out the guy's taken a bunch of pills and overdosed. And that's the end of the story. Uh, I Actually, I feel like I made that story a lot more complicated than it is. It's only like <laughs> 1,500 words. Uh, it's like really tightly written. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. You Did you, Sarah? And so what were the things about it that you liked? Uh, Well, it was quick to the point. It was quick to the point. Yeah, I liked that about it. I liked that I wasn't like three pages in being like, okay, you know. Where's this going? Where's this going? Like, when are we getting to the point? No, it was like I liked the author's description of the public health officials that showed up at the house. Yeah. It was Buzzcut and Fauxhawk. Yeah. That's right. That's right. She describes them by their haircuts. I that also lent like, a bit of humor to the whole situation. Yes. Because it's a very awkward situation from the get-go. Yeah. Like you're having a one-night stand with this person that you just met online. And these people like bang on your door and they're like, you didn't tell us you were going to do this before you did it. And um, now you're in trouble. And now you're in trouble. Right. So, But don't her- they say this like, it's not you're in trouble. We're just here to educate you. Yeah. But you're in trouble. Yeah, they're like, we're not here to judge you. Right. We're just here to, like, let you know why these things are important. Right. Uh, I thought it was funny that she was actually wearing the guy's shirt when she came to the door, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then she didn't bother to put pants on for the random health police that came to the door. Yeah, but she had to know who was at the door. Oh, yeah. Like, if you get a knock at 7 a.m. And, you know... Those knocks, like, I've, I've seen enough episode of Cops that there's, like, the knock from the neighbor. There's a way they knock. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, it's, like, exigent circumstances knock, where it's, like, three hard knocks. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, like, a different kind of knock. I agree. 
Jeremy, what did you think, man? Did you like it also? Yeah, well, I think your point about, you know, filing the paperwork, that this would have been a lot easier if there was just like an app on your phone. Like, <laughs> yes, let's go. But right? they say that there's an app. It's like the they literally like, say that. that. Like, you can just do this from the app. Okay, that's right. Like, it seemed like that it was really complicated to file one of these. So, you know, which would make sense why then, like, well, I don't want to file this. This is just a, a, a Bumble hookup, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, why do we need to? Why do we need to file? Live well stream or something like I think that. You guys mean Tinder? Hmm? I don't know. Bumble, Tinder. That's they're all the same. Bumble's another one, right? I don't actually know. Yeah. I'm like I'm just repeating. Jer- Jeremy and I are kind of out of the dating loop, <laughs> so we she don't. She just grinder. said she met this Holy guy online, and then grinder. He yeah, came over. Did I tell you, I had a I had a grinder profile. Like somebody messaged me and was like, okay. "Dude, you have a grinder profile," <laughs> and I was like, "What's grinder?" And they're like, "Okay, so I'm going to assume this isn't you." Uh, so someone actually got my photo from and like just online and used yeah. my photo as their photo for their profile on Grinder. Which I suppose I should be uh, flattered. Flattered. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Grinder was nice enough to take it down when I sent him a message saying it was me. Sarah, you're smiling. You're like, sure, it was someone else, Colby. <laughs> no, I'm like, have you have you seen the show Uncoupled yet? <laughs> no, I have not. And I'm kind of wondering yes. what other pictures they had <laughs> that probably were not you, but like Grinder's yeah. a big part of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That show. So, so anyway, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> to so answer anyways. your question, <laughs> yes. Let me. Uh, yeah. No, I like the story. Um, in some ways, it feels like this is a response to you know how public health organizations handled the COVID pandemic. Um, you know, yeah. this is a criticism of that of the authoritarianism of the public health organizations. Yeah. So one of the things that's really cl- that makes that makes us go from being like responsive to like really clever. Is this was written before COVID, I think, because we published it in December of 2020. So I I don't know that for sure, but but my guess would be it may have already been written. Yeah, which which also goes to the universality of the question, right? If like if you look at the discussion questions, one of the discussion questions is like the government is literally in the limit limiting your rights business. Like that's what they do. They tell you how fast you can drive a car. They tell you you have to wear a seatbelt. They tell you. you know, whether or not if you can, I don't know, you know, start a steel smelting factory in your backyard like that, right. like they limit rights so that there is a greater public good. Like that's their job. Right. And so yes. I I find it really interesting to try and figure out what and I, and I don't I don't know. Outside of tradition, I don't know why this wouldn't be OK. Like, I don't know why this is a line too far, but other things aren't. Like, if you're telling me I have to get my kids vaccinated to get them into school, I don't know why you wouldn't tell me, like, yo, you have to, like, run this background check on people to make sure that they're not going to give you an STD that kills you. I just, I, mean, I don't, well, I don't, that goes I don't back know why to the title of the story, that. like, for yeah. your health. Yeah. Right. But I feel like it's it's also just this ongoing discussion between public health, public safety, and uh, personal freedoms. Right, which you could you argue know. is the same thing with marijuana. With uh, everything. With yeah. everything. With all of the things that that hurt you, or like why? Like I've always wondered, like why marijuana and not soft drinks? 
Like, neither are good for you, but neither are really bad for anyone else. Like, there aren't really, there's not, like, secondary, you know. I mean, well, let's talk about the, there's a line between, like, COVID. COVID is an airborne respiratory virus. That one actually makes more sense to me. You can walk into a room and catch it merely by being in the room with somebody. Right. But this is asking about STIs, which are, like, a... Right. Really uh, personal decision that you're choosing to make. So if I walk into a room and somebody has COVID, mm-hmm. I'm not making a choice to enter into a relationship mm. with that person. So maybe that's uh, the difference. Whereas like going into a bedroom and sleeping with somebody, I'm making a choice to do that and and get and take on that risk. So it's the opting into the risk maybe is the difference. Right. I as mean, a, as opposed to the unknown like okay. I'm standing in line with somebody at the bank. So it is a little bit like the difference between smoking and secondhand smoke. Like I'm choosing to smoke, but I'm not choosing to walk right. into a room where other people are smoking. Sure. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Hmm. All right. Would you guys support this app, by the way? I'm just curious. I don't know. I you know, I think it would depend on what the STIs are. You know, if they... You know, they, the correlation to the, the corollary of HIV, which is not curable, but treatable at this point. Yeah. So it isn't sure. manageable. It is not the public health risk that it was in the 80s. Yeah. Um, so I think you would have a really hard time convincing people that protecting them from, from STIs in, with this level of invasion of privacy is worth it. Yeah. What uh, I'm curious, what does the I stand for? I've always heard STDs. Oh, uh, it's the same. Infection, disease. Oh, infection. Okay. okay so okay, I guess STD, sense. technically. Okay, no, STI works too. I just hadn't heard that yeah. before. Uh, yeah. You know, one, the point you're going to, and this is one that I've thought about as a, as a history teacher, is I always end up teaching about some point about World War I, and at some point you have to teach about how... Um, it was against, there were laws about where it was against the law to do anything that harmed the war effort. And uh, speaking out about like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be in this war was considered a jailable offense because you were speaking out against the war effort. And it's like, well, wait a minute. And so I always, I'll always have a student that asks, like, wait a minute. Like we studied the First Amendment four months ago. How is it it's against the law to say, I don't want to go to war? And my answer is always like, well, we wouldn't do that today. You know, uh, First Amendment jurisprudence has evolved, but it's evolved during peacetime. I I never know if it's evolved during wartime, right? Right. And I feel like it's, I feel like it's because they could bring back the draft, right? At any time, right? Uh, And so, if you bring back the draft, then speaking out against the draft might be something that aids and abets the enemy. In which case, you could go to jail for that. In which case, you're being jailed for exercising freedom of speech. And so that's one of the things that makes me struggle with this story. Is like, of course, when you read it the first time, like your gut reaction, at least mine was, was like, this is stupid. The government shouldn't get in the bedroom. Uh, But then I think of like, how bad is the disease? Like, how much does, like, how transmittable is it? How, how deadly is it? Sarah, you're looking like, the, like this might affect your opinion. 
No, I'm listening to you. That's all. Oh, okay. That's a bad idea. And I'm wondering if, like, how deadly the disease really, really affects. Um, yeah, no, just keep talking, Colby. I'm, I'm, I'm working on something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and so this is the thing I struggle with: is I feel like one of the things that everyone talks in America, at least, I feel like there's this history of like we have all of these values and morals. And then you're like, oh, no, during the Civil War, there was no habeas corpus. They just jailed people for like months at a time until the war was over. And during World War One, you were put in jail for speaking out against the war. And so and, and during uh, and, and in World War Two, there were large there were the interim camps. Right. 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 And, you know, and we apologized for them, but we apologized after the war was over. Right. Like, like first, <laughs> yeah. we're going to do it. Then we'll apologize like after we've won and we can like retake the moral high ground. And so that's, and I, and I, you see, you saw that a little bit with COVID where it was like, look, we're not telling you, you have to get a vaccination, but your work is. And if you want to go into a grocery store, we are. And if you, uh, and so that's the if thing. If you want I, to be part of society. Right. Here's the cost. Right. Unless you want to live in a log cabin in the woods. Yeah. You've got to go get your COVID shot. Okay. So, uh, people are inherently flawed. And you might know that you have some kind of STI, get into a situation with somebody, not tell them about it. Yeah. Um, but if you're on the other end of that, wouldn't you want to know? Uh, but yeah. if you're the person that wants to know, wouldn't you stop and take a second to fill out the form real quick? Like, how bad do you want to know in the heat of the moment? Like, stop yourself. And so that's where, like, the punishments come in to play. Sure. Um, If if you get caught up in the heat of the moment, don't fill out the form, then you're forfeiting your right to know. And you're going to get punished because now you might be infected with something. Mm Mm-hmm. And before you go on to have relations with somebody else, we need to make sure that you understand the consequences. Hi, this is Colby, and you are listening to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions. But you already knew that, didn't you? If you'd like to support what we do at After Dinner Conversation, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash conversation. That's right. For as little as $5 a month, you can support thoughtful conversations like the one you're listening to. And as an ad incentive for being a Patreon supporter, you'll get early access to new short stories and ad-free podcasts, meaning you'll never have to listen to this blurb again. At higher levels of support, you'll be able to vote on which short stories become podcast discussions. And you'll even be able to submit questions for us to discuss during these podcasts. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being the kind of person that supports thoughtful discussion. And before you go on to have relations with somebody else, we need to make sure that you understand the consequences. Okay, so I understand all of that, but that doesn't answer the question on if it should be government mandated. I mean, I think it's... I think we all agree that if uh, we keep using 
whatever it is. Well, it kind of is an example. So let's say that Tinder gave you the ability to upload an STD test and it put like a little green check mark next to your profile. I think we all agree that like, look, if it's an opt in, uh, like, yeah, that's cool. Like, but Tinder is a for profit corporation that's not going to double check those tests. No, it would totally just be like a take a photo with your phone and right. you know yeah. we decide that you, like we. You've so done the it. government's not a for-profit corporation. So with a, a corporation that's for profit, they are going to want to encourage these engagements. Right, minimize right. anything that keeps them from making money. Right, sure. And if they check up on people's uploads, like if you're. Um, taking a drug test you can always buy pee from somebody you can buy a negative test from somebody and upload that that's true you could buy a negative std test yeah yeah Yeah. so but the government would be less likely to profit from false false negatives right but they, they wouldn't let you upload a random test. You'd probably have to go to a government You'd facility. You'd have to prove it, right. yes. Right. Exactly. Where it's automatic, where, where it's sent without you interfering yeah. in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that at, in this story, the government has gotten so involved in people's sex lives. Um, I, and I think it's interesting that the author used hepatitis C and HIV as... Um, as their examples. As their examples, yeah. because those are really manageable diseases that's at this my, point. I, that's actually my only criticism with the whole story, uh, is I wish that the author had made up a fake disease that we didn't know the details yeah. of. Right, because something much deadlier or scarier. Not even, yeah. de- but nothing. Like, we we just didn't know. They were like, hey, you have uh, HR 792. Like, we don't know. And so that leaves it open for discussion of, like, is it deadly? Is it transmittable? Is it manageable? And so when you read the story, that would then automatically make you wonder. Like, it would change. Like, it would automatically make you put that disease on, like, all these different scales as you're deciding if this is silly or not. But, like, since, since we know about HIV and we know about hepatitis C, we can sort of slot in our own understanding of it. That's my only complaint with the whole story, actually. Yeah. Well, in the way things work right now, um, if I had HIV, it would be completely private between me and my doctor. Nobody has the right to know that. Yeah. Um, So this is kind of an interesting take on, like, any potential sexual partner you have actually has the right to know whether or not you are positive for any of these sexual transmitted infections. Yeah. Um, I still haven't so heard that's you say an if you interesting question. I'm not. I'm actually not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That means he's written the yeah. right kind of story. I'm just no, kind of like yeah, I'm still kind of like rolling this around in my head. It's it's also, weird though because on the one hand it's like it's like I think it's stupid. I should have to fill it out, but I sure would appreciate it if somebody else filled it out. Right? Yeah. Like before you hooked up with somebody, wouldn't you like to know? Right. And wouldn't it, like, make everybody's behavior a little bit, oof, that feels like kink shaming in a way. <laughs> like, yeah, this story, is, I, it was a great short story. Yeah. Like, it brought up a lot of questions in my head immediately. Yeah. And HIV is another interesting comparison here, hmm. uh, or an interesting one to bring up, because prior to HIV, <clears throat> in the U.S., the 
public health agencies um, for any infectious disease, like they had the right to collect names of, you know, do all the contact tracing. Any any public oh, disease they? came through. I didn't know that. that. Absolutely. That changed because of HIV and because of the stig- stigma it was putting on the gay population. Oh, And yeah. so a lot of litigation went through that really reduced hmm. the amount of power that the public health, health agencies had about uh, contact tracing. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. There was, uh, we may have talked about this a million episodes ago. When I was teaching in Mozambique, uh, in order to get into the school, it was like a community college, I guess, um, teacher training school. You had to take an HIV test because HIV rates along the border with yeah. South Africa were like 25, 30% in the ages of 16 to 21. It was like a third of the people had HIV. And so they had, you had to take an HIV test to get into the school. They let you in. But then on the first day of school, they posted all the names of the people that were positive on the doors of all the classrooms. Uh, And they were just like, yo, just so you know, these are all the people at the school who have HIV. Um, And they still let him in the school. Everything was cool. It was just like, these are the people not to have sex with if you don't want to get HIV or to like have safer sex with. And I was really... I don't want to say if I was, I was both offended and fascinated by it. It was like, you know, if there had been cell phone cameras, I definitely would have taken a picture at the time uh, yeah, but to send home. But did you know if there was a lot of public stigma over that as well? I think very little. I think because it was so common, I think there wasn't a lot of public stigma. Like it went, went I mean, imagine right. if there's a disease like HPV where it's like a third of the people have it. Uh, between the ages of, you know, right. 16 and 25. It's like... Oh, I think HPV is way more common than yeah. that. Okay, well, you know what I mean then. Right, so yeah. like if somebody told you that HPV, you'd be like, yeah, don't we all? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think this story uh, treads a line between a right to privacy... Yeah. ...and, and a right safety. to yeah. know. Yeah. Like... Who you're getting in bed with. Yeah. And I think it also brings up the important question of whose responsibility is it to know who you're getting to bed with? Is it the government's responsibility or is it your responsibility? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, uh, it's it's your responsibility. Right. You know, and, and I, I think we could then talk about public stigma and the, you know, it is really hard to talk to people about hey, I'd like you to get an STD test and show me your results before right. we have a relationship. This is not something we do, I feel like, in in polite society. I think you I've know, only the assumption dated, is, I, I've only yeah. ever been in a relationship with, I think, one person. Uh, like, one time I've hooked up with someone where they were like, yo, I kind of have this weird rule. Like, uh, we got to go, we got we to gotta go do a, an AIDS test before we have sex. And, you know, me as a guy, I was like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. Like, let me just go to this. <laughs> like, you put on a movie. I'm going to go to the CBS. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And not a problem. Like, this is a very reasonable request. Uh, and so I did. I think, I don't know if I did it that day, but I certainly did it like it was a priority. Um, <laughs> but it, it's only ever happened one time in my whole life. And I so bet I think it's, that I might be the other discussion. I bet yeah. it's never happened for either of you. 
Like it Not seems like me. have yeah. you you've had someone say I want an HIV test yeah. before? Okay. Or a general STD screen. Right, exactly. Or general STD screen. Sure. Um, but I mean, it's something, you know, and maybe that's what. I feel like of- as a woman, I get general STD screens all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you have to go to, well, you have to go in every like six months or a year, don't you anyway? No, actually it's five years. It's if you five? don't have a history of cancer. But I thought even if you're on birth control, I assume that they did a complete STD test stuff when you went to go get your checkups for birth control pills. These are cancer screenings though. Oh, okay. So, um, no, no. If you're on birth control, you go once a year. Because yeah. they won't they won't give you more than a year's prescription, because I thought. Because they're cancer screenings. Oh, okay. And that's a risk factor. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, not for guys. But this, though, no, no, this goes on to the abortion debate that we're having right now. Like, whose business is it who I'm sleeping with and if I get pregnant? Yeah. And if I decide to abort the the fetus that results from, mm-hmm. like, whose business is that? So that resonated with me like, oh, this is literally nobody's business. So Zoe's character really, like, got to me because she's trying to maintain this very, like, stoic, mm-hmm. emotionless face in front of these officials. And, and then she loses it at the end and is, like, shitty with them. Yeah. But she yeah. has a right to be yeah. with them because they're asking her really personal questions that are really none of her damn business. Right. But I'm like, it's for your safety. We're trying right. to protect you. But um, STIs are one thing. Pregnancy is something completely different. Um, where, like, where's the slippery slope in this? Like, if this results in a pregnancy... We're going to know that you did this. Right. Right. And so it, it kind of rings a little bit with the debate that we're having in the United States right now. Like, whose business is it? And I think this is going to be an ongoing debate. Like, I think if somebody yeah. had the same read the same story in 50 years, like where we were on the spectrum may have moved significantly. Yeah. But the question wouldn't have changed. And that is, you know, at what point is it? only your responsibility for your actions and at what point is the government have a response at what at what point is the government uh should be involved in the collective good right right and i think that's the question you know people need to be protected from their own foolishness there you right. go there's the you helmet know, i mean that's the you. role of the government you know right. seatbelt laws uh, motorcycle red light running laws. right all yeah. of that you know, and, and there's a lot of argument, particularly about motorcycle helmets. This only affects me. Right. So why you do know? I care? Like, literally, right. I'm the one who's going to die in this car crash. Right. And the, So and it's really genius that this author picked STIs yeah. because it doesn't just affect you. It affects right. any other partner you have right. in the future. Yeah. Well, even motorcycle. I mean, up until the 90s, the, the courts really backed motorcycle helmet laws. Saying that, you know, if you get injured, there's a huge cost to society. Right. Because you might be in a coma forever or whatever. Right. Else, disability, you know. long-term disability, yeah, you yeah. know, the hosp- uh, ambulance rides, hospital costs, you know, all of that's borne so, by society. So, Jeremy, do you see any difference between, like, cigarette slash helmet slash seatbelt slash marijuana laws and the law in this story? Because those are all laws to protect you from yourself. 
No, they're not. Okay. Cigarette laws. Take that one out because those, like, not smoking inside of other places protects other people from you. Yeah. Secondhand smoke is... Oh, oh, sure. No, I'm not saying that there's not... But but the fact you have to be 18 years old to buy cigarettes and, like, you can't go, like, a like, there are rules just about going and smoking cigarettes in your car, right? Like, by yourself. But but I understand your point. But helmet laws are interesting. Um, so what I was thinking of was the exact distinction. Laws that protect... You from yourself mm-hmm. versus laws that protect you from other people. So, like driving drunk, sure, definitely obviously helping against the law. From other people protects from red light laws. Yeah, helmet laws are interesting. It sounds like you're talking yourself into agreeing with this law. I'm trying really hard <laughs> not to. Um, so as much as I would love to have access to this app so that if I could hook up with somebody, I could already know if they had a disease. Yeah. I'm not sure I want anybody having access to my health history. Because it might it might hinder your ability to hook up with someone? No, just Social and again, I think it, it goes back to oh. the stigma. You know, the, if there's stigma against these things, public stigma, it can be used against you. Well, exactly the reason that this person ostensibly committed suicide at the end. Sure, but I but I assume that you don't just – someone doesn't like – it's not like, like open Bluetooth. It's not like you walk by and you know people's STD status. I assume that you have to like hit the approve to share button. Right. Well, something. and that's where the main character runs into this. She's trying to get around it to have a private life. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I mean, with yeah. the other person, though, like, I assume that if you're going to hook up with somebody, like, they don't just get to know your STD status by standing next to you. I assume that they're like, I would like to hook up with you. And you're like, approved to share. And then it like submits the form and, and then, they're all clear. Right. See the information. Right. Right. Um, so it's not like it's not like it's just float. The only person who would know the information would be you, your the doctor and the government. The general public wouldn't know and unless you were like in a situation where you needed to share it. Well, apparently unless you're a repeat offender and then yeah. everybody knows. And then your social trust oh, system true. value rating. That's true. Like that's I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like why this guy committed suicide mm-hmm. at the end. Cause his life is ruined. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he Could made be. that choice. Also I'm buying into the world of story here. He made that choice. Yeah. But right, so I'm going to make I'm going to make this okay. an easier question since we're running out of time. Well, I, yeah, I want to give yeah. one one comment yeah. before okay. we do that. So Are we talking about time, talking about the, you know, cigarette helmet laws, yeah. you know, all of those are enacted because there was a significant cost to society for those for those incidents around okay. around that. So okay. you could make the same argument for STDs that there's this. Right. Significant and so cost I, I think that's where this is going, that that. You know, at some point, and there, you know, this did become a significant cost to society for this to be enabled. Mm. You know, and there had to be a marketing scheme around that, you know, public information, why this is important and we're enacting these laws because 
You know, it's a it's, it's a huge really public private. health. It's still like in the story. It's not between you and your doctor. These public health officials know. But they work for the government. I mean, it's not like everyone knows. It's like the people who need to know to make sure that you're complying with the law know. That's like saying my driver's license is a sec- should be a secret. It's like, no, the police officer needs to know if you actually have one. Yeah, th- this is a great story. I just really liked it. All right, so let me let me give you guys, since, okay. you're, both, since you're both on the fence, I'm going to try and get you... <laughs> I'm gonna, we will I'm, remain solidly on the fence, Colby. Yeah, but I know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna try and figure out where your fence is, though. Sure. So on a scale of one to ten, let's say a one is like I would go and protest this on like you know protest day in front of the Capitol, and number ten being like I really think this is a good law. If they, if, if this law was real, I would be in support of it. Where are you on the one to ten scale? Um, Five. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, no, I can't. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like privacy is a huge thing. It is. And especially where we stand with the abortion debate right now, I feel uh-huh. like my right to privacy is more important. Okay. And that so is, that's it, just, but that's like outside influences in the world of the story. I'm not quite sure I agree with the Zoe character. I feel like she should have filed her form. Okay. So you're like a three in the story. Yeah. Uh, or you're, you're three in real life, but like a six or a seven in the stories world. Sure. Yeah. All right. Jeremy, you got some <laughs> solid hair going on, by the way, today. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, no, because I, I was doing some research on this before we got Were together. Were you? So, yeah. I like that. Um, so, no, it's, it's always, because this is always an interesting conversation. I feel like we've had this more than once about oh, yeah. the... Right to privacy versus public public sure. safety or whatever sure. the government protecting us from ourselves and um, protecting society from the cost of individual foolishness. Yeah. Um. But I feel like they should stay out of the bedroom too. All right. This is why the story was so great. It's such an interesting yeah. question and a good way to pose it. It is. It's a really good way to pose it because, like. I feel like I knew where I would fall on this, but I'm not so sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, that's a good story. Yeah. And yeah. maybe with more information about, you know, what other STIs are. I think that's the thing, right? The, the missing yeah. information about like, what's the situation what caused in, the, this? in this, yeah. right? In this world, in this moment. No, I think that we just need to take it as the author, like, Which said is fine. it. But so in general, I do think public health officials should have more authority. All right. We say this is three people who all got COVID shots. <laughs> and wore masks yeah. and did all yeah. the things. All yeah. the things. Did the things. We yeah, were the well, responsible. We were the people who would fill out the form, basically. Yeah. But we're not quite sure if you should be required to fill out the form. Right. We, we would choose to fill out the form. We just don't want to be required to fill out the form. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a good way to phrase it. Yeah. I'm just saying that cat behind you doesn't require a form. She just prowls the street and <laughs> does what She's needs sweet. doing. All right. No, uh, she just sits there all day. Yeah. She doesn't see anyone. There's no form needed. <laughs> Good story, Colby. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thank you for joining us. Uh, our story next week is uh, something about dandelions. What is it? The Growing and Weeding of Dandelions by Tim Sharp. Yeah. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. probably space these out. It'll probably be two weeks from now. We'll release the next one. 
Uh, also, the next one's a really good story, too. So uh, it's also from our December 2020 magazine. Please like and subscribe. And uh, that's it. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next uh, in a couple weeks. Bye, Indeed. guys. Indeed. All right. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe. Uh, it helps us out a ton. You know, the vast majority of people listen haven't liked and subscribed, which means maybe it shows up in your algorithm, maybe it doesn't. So don't leave that to chance. Just go ahead and hit that button, and we'd sure appreciate that. And uh, that way we can keep doing what we're doing, and you're not left to the whims of some algorithm. Thanks.